What up, what up, what up, what up? Once again, it's your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, joined with my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy. Um, Fellas, how's it going? Tell the people what's on your mind. What's up, folks? It's Rozzy, like Ferg said. Thank everybody for all the listens, all the likes. Um, Let's just um, have a fun this show, guys, because we've been doing great and uh, we want to keep rolling. Well, three quick things before we get into the actual show. Show uh, one, I just came from happy hour, had a few drinks in me. So I think we've had about two or three straight shows where I didn't curse. I can't make you no promises this episode. So, so Razio, <laughs> I may I may be putting you to work on the whole edit button, brother. Uh, two, we add we ended last week's show. Uh, Razio made a reference calling me the parasite boy. Just quick background. I used to try to be a rapper with my boy Sherman Cooley uh, and Slim G, who I mentioned often on here. We were SWAT. We had, a, you know, we did a couple of talent shows. One, one. Ray Ray was there. Rest in peace to him. Uh, so we did other thing. And there's a particular song where I uh, refer to myself as the Parasite Boy. Yeah. And third, uh, rest in peace, Victor Newman. We lost the real one, fellas. So man, <laughs> Victor was my role. I wanted to be Victor when I grew up, man. I wanted to be an old rich white guy, man. Yo, how many how many presidents did Victor Newman last, yo? <laughs> man, Victor Victor's actually show back in uh, Reagan era, right? Victor got in the show on the show in 1980, 80 oh. or 81. I don't know how I know that. <laughs> but I grew up on YNR, so you know, back in the day when we couldn't go out too early, so I had to sit with my mom and. Uh, couldn't go outside until Young and the Restless went off, and at that at that noon mark, it was time to run outside and play. But you know, Victor's been dead a couple of times, man. So I think he's died five or six times. So you think he gonna come back? Man, I don't think it's Young and the Restless without Victor, man. Yeah. I, I don't know because uh, Miss Chancellor died, I think, in real life. So uh, who's left? Yeah. So so were- is is. Victor dead in real life, like the actor did, or is it nah, just Victor nah, on nah. the show? They like they just killed off the the, the character. On the show, okay. on the show. Hey, I don't Ryan, think he you can messed up the whole thing, man. He's <laughs> on the show, man. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I... <laughs> yeah. Y'all know I ain't got no common sense. <laughs> oh man, that's no real name. He, he Victor Newman. Yeah, oh, Victor sure. Newman, man. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he had a salad and everything, right? <laughs> but no uh man um what i wanted to talk about on my end real quick was uh tab asked a question a few weeks ago about being able to have friends outside of marriage your spouse can you know how, how does that work and i think i made three points and i'm gonna go over them real quick one is you have to know know your spouse So if they have a history of being uh, unfaithful, infidelity, or, you know, then you you consider the the situation. Know yourself is the second one. Are you dealing with some insecurities? Do you have any reason or rationale to feel the way you do? And then third, know the friend. You know, what are their intentions? What kind of vibes are you getting from them? How do they fit into that lifestyle? How long have they been friends? What are they after? And I mean, you look at all those situational and at the end of the day, you deal with it based off of that. I don't think there should be a general rule of my spouse can't have any female or male friends just because it's some arbitrary rule that I made up. 
that he or she might not have agreed to in the beginning of this marriage or relationship. So uh, hopefully I made that quick. Um, I'm pretty sure Tabitha will (laughs) read me my rights. I should have used a, uh, an alias or something. Uh, auntie. Yeah. We're going to go with that. Auntie might read my rights. See if you can edit that out. out. I'm not editing that out. Leave it in there, Ross. Yeah. Leave it in. But no, uh, really truthfully, I'm, I'm loving like tab giving ideas and asking questions. Jenica does the same thing. She shot me like a couple texts today. Like, Hey, y'all should talk about this on the show. Y'all should talk about this on the show and kind of going along with that for, she shot me one that was like uh, a story of a guy saying, don't be mad at your wife. If she tells you that, Hey, I got a light out in my car it goes a whole week. You haven't replaced it yet. Say she leaving church and some guy sees it. And then he's like, Hey, follow me to AutoZone. And he fixes the uh, light for her on the car. And you can't be really mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Ferg made a face. Keep going. Keep man, going you always tell me, Buff, man. Because <laughs> I need to know what I'm laughing at, man. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of that same thing. Like, I, I was just like, Hey, Get that free light bulb. I'm I'm not mad at you for getting that light bulb if I didn't fix it in in you know in a timely manner. But you know it's it's just great to hear that they're engaged and they're liking what we're doing and um, they're coming up with ideas and thoughts and everything like that. So shout out to the wives. We appreciate all your support. Yes, ladies, we definitely appreciate your support. Um, and not just our our spouses. The all our listeners. I mean, we have a plethora of people who chime in, family, friends, like I say, people reach out to us on various social media platforms, text messages, phone calls, and express their content or their ideas on the show. So we really appreciate you guys. And with that being said, to keep this show going, we gotta pay bills, people. So uh you know what time it is. Welcome back once again, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite podcast. As usual, this is my favorite part of the show. We get down to the questions. I waited to the the 13th hour to figure out which question I'm going to pick. So here we go. So I was asking my wife which question I should choose, and she listened to the podcast, and one of the questions she felt like would just flow naturally from the last show so, Byron, one of the last things you said to me, I think dealing with your question is um, we were talking about interracial dating. Mm-hmm. And you thought I was going to say the benefits of dating, quote unquote, a white woman or someone outside your race. Uh, that wasn't where I was going with that. But I I think and I've seen some studies and I've listened to some some interviews on why it kind of works sometimes because it's a different dynamics. I think one of the things I said in the show, once again, I'm all about black love, my black Queens, but I think it's just a different dynamic. Sometime I literally watched this probably 15, 20 minute video on this young lady who was speaking. I don't know how true it is saying that interracial couples have one of the lowest divorce rates in America. So I'll Google that some more. I didn't even think about bringing that up, but I'll, I'll look that up or one of you guys can kind of look that up. But I think what happens a lot of times with us is we're so familiar with each other that it's hard to empathize with each other. 
So uh, my my question for you is, do you see how not knowing that person's struggle or being able to empathize with that person maybe on a different level can lead to a different dynamics or help lead to a successful relationship or marriage in interracial couples? Um, so first off, the question is just to me. It's not to Razio. It's, 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 it's a both of you. It's, it's, it's the same thing, same format. We've been doing this for weeks now. Okay. All right. So basically you're asking, it sounds like you're asking, do I understand why interracial couples succeed more well, than... Not, not not more than I don't I don't necessarily believe that dynamic. What I'm saying is we talked about how they they can't work or or the difficulties in them. But also on the flip side, there are reasons that some do work. Yeah, they know? definitely can work. We have plenty of examples of them working. And I think in a relationship, you know, um, outside negativity can bring you closer so if if you're always fighting battles on, you know, people giving you certain looks or like the story Orazio told us in Sarah Land, Alabama with his parents, if you're constantly dealing with that, that can bring you closer, bring you tighter. And, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to ride this thing together. So if that statistic is true, I can I can um, I can understand that, man. So I guess to answer your question. I think that's what you're asking. Yeah, I can definitely see why an interracial marriage would would work. And just to be clear, I wasn't asking that question uh, on the premise of most interracial marriages don't work. I just was asking more or less, you know, I forgot I forgot what the question was, but I I think I was asking like, you know, is it oh, do you have an issue with it? I know I asked you guys, would you ever consider it? And do you have an issue with it? Because in my experience, a lot of black women seem to have an issue with it. And some of them chimed in once we posted the episode on why they have an issue with it. So I, I do think they can I do think they can uh, succeed. OK, so I can go I can dig bigger more into the question. So one of the actually I forgot it might have been film noir. They said something that stuck out to me and it wasn't just about interracial dating. <laughs> But it was talking about one of them said they became numb to the journey. And where I was going with this was, I think sometimes in our relationships, because we're so used to seeing or hearing or feeling what that other person's going through, that it doesn't affect us as much. And we kind of glance over it, you know, where a, a black woman understands how it is to deal with racism, deal with the struggles of being black in America. You know, she's seen her dad and uncles and brothers deal with being a black man and stuff like that. So she might not, even though she cares and loves and, you know, is there, but it's kind of like you're dealing with the same thing every other black man I know is. Mm. And on the flip side, same thing with a black woman, you know, where she's dealing with being a black woman. She's dealing with the problems that come with being a mean that the opportunities and struggles that come with being a woman, then compile that with the, the the additional things that come with being a black woman. You know, a lot of times we see that as black men, but my mom went through the same thing. Your moms went through the same thing. Our aunts, our sisters, everybody, all the black women we know are going through the same thing. And so although we feel for them, we're not as open to their story rather than 
when this white person comes in, they're finally seeing you like, well, I knew growing up what my family and my friends felt about black people. So I understand how hard that must be for you. Like they're empathizing on a whole new level because it's a new story. Like they're not used to it. And mm-hmm. same thing. And so that's kind of where I was going with that is uh, I think we're so used to the same song and dance that it's kind of hard. Like, yeah, I understand you're a black woman. It's tough. I love you. I'm here for you. But yeah, you know, how, how, how new is it for you? Like, does it tug at your heartstrings when your wife comes home and says this because you've heard the same thing from your mom or she's, she's been doing this for the last 20 years or your last five girlfriends dealt with the same issues or because of their hair and all this other stuff. And so, so. I, th- I think I slightly disagree with that just a little bit, but I want to let Razio jump in first since I just spoke. And then I'll come back on what I slightly disagree with. Yeah, I, I think for me, like Byron was saying, I think it can work. And I think that that outside struggle really is what causes them to have to come together uh, a little bit. Like you were saying, Ferg, about I, I think intra-racial couples uh, end up having that numbness to it and and it doesn't pull at their heartstrings and uh you know they're just like man up deal with it whereas somebody else might actually you know be more empathetic to it and 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 try to listen and and try to make it better other than just saying well just get over it because that's what every other all of us deal with uh i can see that but i don't i don't think that's what causes them to be successful i really do think what causes them to be successful is that it's that common enemy it's like us against the world because the world is against you know in general the world is against those interracial couples and so they have to really be introspective and say it's us against the world we are here together and we're going to tackle this together and so it pushes them closer together it's it, it's a common enemy i mean it's that's a trope or that's something that you see a lot of times um you know it, even in um military and basic training you know that that is part of what the drill sergeant is there for is to give the troops a common enemy everybody can hate drill sergeant so now they can bond as a team you know, uh, and and so I think that's what ends up happening in those relationships. If they fight through all of what they've done and and all of that opposition, then what ends up happening if they get to the point where they like they learn each other and and they know what they're walking into and then they still commit. I think they're just more apt to stay committed because they they've they've gone through the fire already uh, and had to come closer together and do it together. So I agree. I agree because I think it's because what I don't want to make it sound like is that our our women aren't supporting us and fighting for us. I mean, our, our black women are some of the some of the hardest fighters for black men. Uh, and I, I do want to go out and say that, you know, nobody loves me like my wife. Nobody, you know, outside of that, my mother, you know, like it's that that. So I, ne- I don't want to say that, but I think it's that fight that we have. We're so numb to it. that fight we, we present together. It's basic training by the, the by, by the end of you kind of the drill sergeants doing that and doing all the stuff is it doesn't affect you the same way it did week one. It doesn't affect you because you're kind of used to it, you know, like just like, man, I'm just trying to get to this. I'm just trying to get through it rather than that. I think that shock is what kind of makes that, you know, 
well, I didn't really know it was that bad being a black man. I didn't know it was really that bad being a black woman. Tell me more. Like they're, you know, they, they're almost, I think, drunk off the story. It's, it's, it's all, it's new to them. And so maybe it's, uh, because you're exploring this journey together for the first time, or at least one of you exploring it for the first time, you're more open to it. But I don't know, man. Uh, once again, I'm all about black love. I'm all about love, but you know, I, I, just, I <laughs> yeah, you love black love. Now, dude, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I, I, I had to think about it because it was a video and I'm going to try to find it. And this young lady went on for probably 15, 20 minutes on why interracial relationships work. And uh, you can tell it was a lot of propaganda because she really put uh, white men on a pedestal by pretty much lowering the status of white women. And then she put black women on a pedestal by lowering the status of black men. And we're talking about like how both of our, the, uh, they're the fighters in their community, you know, like the, the white man's leader, yada, yada, yada. And the black woman's leader of their community. So because we're both leaders, we just gel well together and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, come on, man, you're killing me. Like you're, 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 you're tooting your own horn. Uh, I just try to look at it like a, on a holistic level and try to figure out what happens a lot of times, you know, I think we become numb to, and I like, I, I like that term numb to the journey. You were, you're numb to the struggle, you know, think about all the things we're dealing with now. Like every time there's a, you know, there's a shooting, you're, we're almost numb to it. So it doesn't affect us the same way rather than somebody coming here for the first time and hearing about a shooting. And, and, and the only reason I uh, slightly disagree is like you mentioned the film noir files. And if I'm not mistaken, the ladies are, are single and they're dating. So I think I can agree if you're somebody that's dating, I can understand how you get numb to that, you know, dating a guy and then maybe a year or so later date another guy, you probably can get numb to it. But in your example, when you was like, you know, seeing your mother go through it and maybe your sister go through it and then your wife go through it and you kind of get numb to it. I think all of those should be different. So like, you're not going to feel for your wife, like you felt for your mother. You're not going to feel for your sister, like you feel for your wife. So they should all hit different chords of emotions. And so, especially with your wife, like that's your wife. So if you're dating somebody, yeah, you can get numb to it. But when it's your wife, your one and only, I don't think it should be something you should get numb to. So, you know, whatever she's going through, that that should hit and, and should, you know, make you want to fight for her even more. So that's where I just slightly disagree he, with it. And I agree. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not putting them on the same level, but it's you've heard this story before. To a point where, you know, at some point you might be trying to you've, you've heard so much of the story, like you're already thinking of a solution before you've heard the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I mean. Like my wife, like I, if my wife needed me today, I would get up and I'll quit my job. Like my wife is just that important to me. You know, outside of God, she's the most important thing in my life. And so I'll never be numb to her needs. But. I'm a solution oriented person. So I'm thinking of like, what can I do to make her life better? What can I do to try to get her past this? The story to a certain point can almost be like, Hey, I don't even need the details because I'm trying to figure out a solution rather than they did. What she said, what you deal with? Like, like you're almost hearing the story for the first time and it's tugging at your heart in a different way. You know, I, I, 
and I don't want to make it come off, come off like I'm putting my mom, sister, and wife on the same level. It's just some of these stories are, you know, it, you know, as old as time. So di- different people, different players in the game, different companies, different situations. But um, I don't know. I like it though. You always ask the tough questions, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you you taking it, Rosie, or is it on me? Uh I I I think I can take it. Um, All right. So I was I was trying to bat around a couple different options and what really solidified it for me was I don't know if you guys saw the breaking news that uh Colt is halting production of the AR15 for public consumption or uh or public distribution. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is that there's enough rifles in for for gamesmen uh and sports rifles out there and so it's almost like a supply and demand thing as well they're they're going to concentrate on their military and their law enforcement uh production facilities and they're going to fill those orders but they're going to stop producing for the uh masses and so with that i want to kind of start off with i i am a second amendment you know supporter i i I do agree that you should be able to, you know, own weapons and own guns. Um, but I also agree with the second part of that <laughs> that talks about, you know, we need to have some type of structure to it, you know, and I think a lot of people forget about that part where it talks about having, um, you know, structure and, and, and regulations around it. And, and it actually has that in the amendment. Um, and so, with all that being said, what I really want to talk about or ask you guys is at what age would you start teaching your child outside of like just gun safety, how to shoot and things like that? Or, and, and first of all, are you comfortable having a gun in the house? I, I, Buff, I know I, we, we know you are, but are you comfortable <laughs> having a gun in the house and and around the children and everything? But at what point are you going to actually start? you know, maybe take Jasmine to the gun range and show her how to use the gun and shoot and things like that so that she knows how to use a gun and and everything and, and be able to do it beyond just safety. And I guess at that, at that same idea, when do you start teaching gun safety to your kids? Uh, So it's just really about more so true gun ownership and responsible gun ownership. Okay. I need you to, Cause you asked a lot of questions. <laughs> so, question number one: What, what, what age are you going to take your son and daughter shooting? Yeah, um, I want them to be physically and mature enough to handle and understand a weapon. So, I just try to think about maybe around twelve, hmm. twelve, thirteen. Okay, all right. So. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of mass shootings that happen with like 10 and 11 year olds too. So you got to think about that. So the, does, uh, will, will they mass know? Or? I mean, accidental shootings usually yeah. a lot of times with those types of things. Yeah. So that's why the second part of that question was, when are you going to actually start teaching like gun safety, introducing them to it, you know, other than just don't touch it. Cause we, we know prohibition doesn't work. I mean, we've looked at it with alcohol. We looked at it with the war on drugs. Uh, it's the same thing in the household with, you know, just saying just don't do it doesn't work. I mean, we we told kids not to have sex and we still had a whole lot of uh, teenagers having babies. So, 
that's not working. So what what are you going to do as far as teaching your child beyond just telling them not to touch it? How are you going to uh, work? Worry about that part? I don't even know if I want my kids to know I have a gun at that point, you know, uh, but if we do decide to teach them, I think around that maybe 10 year old mark, you know, um, is probably where they're at least mature enough to understand the dangers behind it. But I don't really see any earlier because I have a four year old daughter teaching her something at four. Logic's not really her logic's not all the way there, you know. You know, you little I can tell my daughter not to touch something right right now and I can turn around and she's touching. <laughs> like, you know, that that's that's where we're at at that we're at that stage. So um I don't know. That's a good question. I have to think. Go to Buff with the, the next the, the those questions. <laughs> Let me come yeah. back. I, I'm pretty sure was, the, I, I think it was three questions, Rosie. Uh what age you gonna take them shooting? Are you comfortable with having a gun? And when you're going to teach them gun safety? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So pretty much, I think, well, no, I, I'm not going to say that. So what age am I going to take a shooter? It's, so it's actually crazy you ask this question because it's actually been on my mind for a couple of years. Jasmine had a playmate over here. And, you know, Jasmine knows I have, I have a gun, but she's never, like, had any fascination with it or whatever. But her friend was over here, and she said – Hey, where's your dad's gun? And Tabitha actually overheard them. And so I think Jasmine told her, I think it's somewhere in his room. But I, you know, I have it in a lockbox and all of that good stuff. But I just was thinking, you know, first off, thank God that I have it locked up because as disciplined as my daughter can be, they she still can be easily influenced. Like the mere fact that she even told her where she thinks it is was too much for me. And trust me, we had to talk about that. Uh, so I would say as far as showing her how to shoot a gun for me, man, it's probably going to be, uh, it's not, it's not going to be any sooner than high school, but I do want to do that because I don't want her to be afraid of guns and I want her to know how to use them. If she comes across one, I want her to know the dangers of it and how real and how serious it is. So, like, your question has been playing in my mind for a while, Razio, and I am comfortable having them. Uh, I actually want to get maybe about one or two more uh, for the house, but it'll be, it's going to depend. I think Ferg uh, mentioned it in his answer. It's going to depend on her maturity, but right now I'm going to say it's not going to be any sooner than high school, and uh, we'll see if it happens sooner, but right now I think that's what it'll be like. How old was she when she, you, she found out you had one? Oh, man. Very young, because, you know, I would... Um, well, you are them peoples. Yeah, right. So, you know, I come home, if I take my suit jacket off, you know, it's right there. Or sometimes, especially when she used to run to me to hug me when I first walked through the door, she don't do that no more. She too cool for that. But, you know, <laughs> I used to walk through the door, Daddy! You know, she would sprint to me and give me a hug and, you know, she would feel it. You know, what's that? So, so she's known for a long time, man. Would you, if you weren't an officer of the law, oh, do you oh, think, you, do you think you would have told her beforehand or was just a circumstantial? Like if, she, if you weren't doing what you were doing, would you, would she know right now? No, I, I probably would have. I don't know how actively I would have hid it from her, but it's definitely something that I wouldn't have 
brought to her attention. But um, lock boxes, man. I just want to. I know that isn't the question, folks. But man, you know, Ferg mentioned me being popo. You know, we go to training. We hear so many stories of responsible parents that just forget or don't think about putting their weapon in a lockbox, man. So just for a serious moment, please, if you have a weapon in your house, lock it up. But just out, of curiosity, just out of curiosity, curiosity, what do you have? <laughs> I have a nine millimeter Ferg and I have a uh, Glock, a Glock 22. Oh, Anything cool. else? <laughs> you want to see? What, 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 what do you score? What do you score when you shoot? <laughs> uh, I'll, say this. I'll say this: back when they used to give us money, if you shot a certain score, I used to shoot that quite a bit. <laughs> the department don't give us money for that no more. <laughs> so now you're okay. You're just like, yeah, yeah. I just, shoot enough, I just shoot enough to qualify. Just keep, keep my job. <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. <laughs> you want to go to? Hey, you want to go to the range one way mobile? Hey, we. Uh, if I was driving, I would. Oh I yeah. Driving, so I mean, we could rent though. We can go down there and we can just rent something. Um, because oh, you know most ranchers will let you rent. Yeah, if we look at us get self involved, but yeah, if we have time, I say let's do it. Let's oh, say, we got too much. We're still trying to do this live show. Yeah, <laughs> we gonna have we got a lot to do. Speaking of anybody in Mobile has a business and they would like for us to try to do our live show there, please reach out to us. Um, on our Facebook page or email us at three brothers no sense at gmail.com. Appreciate you, Buff. <laughs> three, three, the number three, not on uh, three spelled out. Yeah, so correct, correct. All right, but so with my answer, I want to kind of throw it in there before I start. Uh, I talked about the whole regulated part and everything of the second amendment and people don't really think about that part. So I actually pulled up the second amendment. And I want to read it to everybody kind of a quote like Byron did just to make me mad, but um, so, shout out well, to Umar. <laughs> I start, I started to say, Oh girl from first questions was sounding a whole lot of Umar Johnson ish on, <laughs> on the other side. Like, you know, so anyway, back to, Back to my amendment. So the Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So people forget about the well-regulated militia part of the Second Amendment. Um, So I'm all for making common sense gun laws like, hey, you need to lock your gun up. If you're going to buy a gun, you need to buy a, a gun case with it, or you have to prove that you have a gun case or you have a lock um, on it, an individual lock, something. I mean, so we need to be able to regulate this thing so that we can actually make this thing safety or, or safer because at this point, man, all of the mass shootings and, and we, we like to hinge on the mass shooting piece of it, but truthfully, gun accidents are worse than mass shootings. I mean, more people die from accidental shootings than they do from these mass shootings. So we need to make sure that there's some way that we're actually trying to protect our kids, the people who shouldn't have them um, or shouldn't be have access to them to kind of keep them from them. So with that, um, I, I do feel comfortable with guns in the house. And I, I think for me, gun safety starts as soon as I have it in the house, whether it is just, hey, yes, there's a gun in the house and you shouldn't touch it. Um, you know, it's going to be locked up and you're not going to know where the key is. Uh, but even with that, I want to make sure that, you know, 
not to touch it and why you don't touch it. You know, you can really hurt people. People can really be hurt by it. And so not at like three or four, but I think uh, Sophie's age, Sophie is six right now. I feel like I really do need to have that conversation with her now. She's smart enough to know, okay, I don't need to touch this or something like that. Um, But then uh, escalating past that, being able to, take her to the range, maybe not showing her how to shoot, but making sure that she understands that if you ever see a gun and one, don't touch it if you don't know whose it is or anything like that. But if it is a gun that say it was in the house for some reason and you found it, um, picking it up, the first thing you need to do is clear it so that we know that, <laughs> that you know, it's cleared and, and you probably are a little bit safer. Um, gun safety, as in you never flag a person, you don't put it and you don't point a gun at anybody, those types of things. So I think that needs to happen around seven or eight. And then I, I do think shoot, showing them how to shoot a gun and how to handle it um, at maybe uh, 10, 11, somewhere around there is probably what I'm thinking. Um as far as a handgun now the other part about that is i mean we talk about guns as as it's as if it's this big monolith but you know there's there's a big difference between showing a kid how to shoot a shotgun the point and shoot type thing versus shooting a handgun versus a rifle or ar-15 or something like that so i mean I, i think those are all different ages that we need to have that conversation um but just the the identifying that yes there's a gun in the house and you don't need to show people where it's at you don't need to be sharing that um and that type of thing as well as gun safety needs to start earlier because what's happening a lot of times is we're not having that conversation and when we're not having that conversation with the kids what's happening is they're going and they're they're being curious they're seeing movies and stuff like that and they they see a gun and they want to play cops and robbers so we we need to have that conversation if if it is in the house, we need to let them know it's in the house so that they don't happen upon it uh, and end up uh, shooting themselves because they're playing. Yeah, because I mean, I think you said something and then what Byron said uh, about the, the friend, uh, she, by the way, she doesn't need to come over there anymore, Byron. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing it out there. <laughs> that is she, a bad influence. As they used to say back in the day, she fast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, you might have yours in a lockbox. And let's say this, the, the, the roles were reversed. You're at Jasmine's at their house. She asked that question and she's like, oh, it's over here. Mom or dad doesn't have it in a lockbox. Scary. It's scary to think about. Or Tabitha, Tabitha wasn't there to, um, excuse me, Auntie wasn't there to overhear it. So it's it's gun safety know how to handle it is, hey, if it's anybody outside of my mom, my dad that has a gun, I don't need to be around, point blank. Because your child knowing what to do with it is great. But then I think of, you know, told you how old I am, that episode of 90210 where buddy's friend uh, committed suicide or shot himself accidental accidental discharge like cheddar bob bob with eminem you know it's it's those situations where our kids might not be uh the shooter or the person who has the gun in their hand yet and still they're vulnerable so i think it's levels to teaching them like hey before you even you know, sooner than later, before you even teach them about gun safety in your house and how to handle or hold a gun, it's, 
hey, if, it, if you see anybody outside of mom and dad with a gun, you need to get away from there and then let mommy and daddy know who that was. And so like we can that. have a conversation with them. I like that. Um, because it's just, it's the, that, that situation when you said it just hit me. So like, you know, really? Yeah. She, and yeah. Jasmine just said, like she responded, <laughs> responded without thinking that could have went so left and luckily you're a responsible adult. But I mean, like you said, Ryza, we hear those situations all the time where a three-year-old shoots themselves in the head or something like that happens. You're like, how in the heck did that happen? It happens. Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 you know, like, I mean, you, you brought up some good points, man. I, and <clears throat> it doesn't matter how mature, how responsible your child is. I mean, 365 days, they can be mature and responsible 364 days. But then that one day they get that wrong influence and like, you know what? Let me, let me see what would happen. And that's all it takes, man. So. You you saying how it made you feel when when I when I came and and Tabitha told me it hit me. And matter of fact, she thought I was a little too hard on Jasmine when I had my talk with her. I didn't whip her, but we had a very stern talking to. Um, she cried. But well, Jasmine, she cried. See, you can't go off that. She cried easily. No, it's so. nice. <laughs> We too. Yeah, we, you can't we even make Jasmine cry about it. She's, she's so sweet, man. Yeah. She is, man. But she needed to know. She needed to know, man. And so it it was it was scary, man. So I I am glad I had a great question too, Rosie. But I'm I'm glad I had it locked up. I really am. So I didn't want to cut you off, for You had something else, or no, nah, man? That was it. I was just it. Now you just put a whole another fear of God in me because <laughs> I'm not thinking about my house per se, but. When she goes anywhere else, those sleepovers, those things like that, you know. So and I like what Razio said. Razio clarified some stuff, because when I was thinking like, you know, gun safety, I'm thinking, you know, what we do when we like the first time we went to the range at my job, you know, we didn't even shoot that day. It was all about learning about the gun, how to keep it safe and stuff like that. But what Razio is saying is like if it's something as simple as, hey, you don't touch that. Or like you said, for Anybody besides me and mommy, you don't need to be there. You get away and you come let us know. And so I said at the beginning of my answer, no earlier than high school. But when it comes to stuff like that, I'm going to have a talk with her this weekend. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to actually implement what you said for and Rosie, because it it's no it's no sense in waiting and putting that off. As far as taking her to actually shoot, that will be further down the line. But yeah, man, that was that's pretty deep there, Rosie. So I guess this is the fight episode because, you know, Ferg, you know, asked us, you know, about the different marriages and what makes them stick together and if they have to fight, you know, outside the tractors. And you know, Razio, the whole self-defense with guns. So I guess I'm gonna stay with that theme a little bit. I'm gonna paint a scenario for you fellas and then ask the question. So imagine you out, you know, Rosie with Jenica and your three kids or Ferg with Sabrina and your two kids. You guys are out, let's say, somewhere for dinner or whatever. Great atmosphere, having a great time, eating, laughing, maybe having a drink or two, who knows. And all of a sudden, about two tables over, you you hear an argument break out between, you know, a guy and his girl. And all of a sudden, he hauls off and slaps the, the piss out of her. Are y'all jumping in to help that woman? 
and defend her with your family there. You don't know what he got. You don't know what he's capable of. But we've all seen the video of a man that knocks his girl out or is beating on her. And it seems like either the men that are in the vicinity don't help or they just kind of start filming or just don't pay any attention to it whatsoever. And I've seen the women say, look at all those sorry men not jumping in. And it made me ask myself an honest question. Would I jump in if I got my family and stuff with me? Because I got to worry about their protection, too. So are you guys jumping in not knowing what he has, what he's capable of or anything like that? So so my answer is relative. Um, did, okay. did, did, he, did he just slap her one time? Oh, oh, <laughs> he ain't stopping her, is he? <laughs> buddy, buddy, buddy. <laughs> Calm down, man. Calm down. I'm trying to see if she's going to be all right after that first slap because maybe she took it well. Is that what you <laughs> She might have an iron drop. This might not be the first time. Okay, let's stop. Let's 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 we we're making light of the situation because it caught us off guard. We are not joking about domestic violence. That is taking that answer from a radio. That's that's <laughs> me off guard. Yeah, uh, I mean, so we you know we we laugh about it and we're making light of it, but I mean that I, truthfully, my response was a serious response. It's there's a difference. I'm 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 gonna jump in if the old dude's like whooping her butt like trying to jump on her i'm probably gonna jump in and pull him off of her but if he haul off one good time slap her and she puts her hand up you know does the little oh my god face and he walks off what am i gonna jump in for what am i doing at that point i mean you know she's still there he walks off what i'm gonna do i'm not gonna chase the dude down and try to beat him up type thing so i'm gonna be like man she got slapped and and probably keep oh. eating because oh, like wow, wow I was man. with I was, I was I understood where you were coming from until you said keep eating dog like he lost me what, what man, am I supposed you okay? to do like you know Rosie, okay I'm, 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 away. maybe I would knowing me knowing me I probably would go and help because Jen would probably tell me to go and make sure she's all right or whatever because that she's that type of person too Jen would want to fight. So, no, nah. Jen, Jen is a mind your business type person. Jen's like, man, Jen, Jen probably be the one to be like, man, he stopped the mess out of her and keep eating. <laughs> that that is her. So, but if if the if if she's there and she's huddled up and Jim or would probably would be like, hey, let's go make sure she's straight. Does she have a ride home? That type of thing. Like we would probably do that part to help out. Um, if it's that one time slap. And, and they separate type thing. But if it's him, he coming across the table, he's jumping on her. Yeah, I'm going to get in there and I'm, I'm going to help out. I mean, it, it's it's only right. And, and I, I I do that probably for two guys if one of them was getting his butt whooped. Now, I might let him go for a second, but if it's two guys fighting and one of them's like getting mollywopped, then yes, I might try to break that one up too. Because, I mean, at that point, that guy can't defend himself anymore. So you, you said know what I mean? you're, not, you're not fighting the other guy. You're breaking it up. Yeah, I'm not fighting the other dude. I'm breaking it up on the other dude, the dude with the uh, chick. I'm not fighting him I, because, I, I mean, my thing is I'm going to let the cops handle that because I've, I've seen too many times where somebody tried to jump in 
and the chick turns and fights the dude or fights you, the guy that's trying to help with the dude that just whooped her butt. So you, you got to be careful with that. I mean, I'm not trying to jump into that situation unless it's something where she is huddled in a corner and she's really at trying to get away and he's, you know, um, whooping on her. But if it's a straight up fight and she holding her own, I'm probably going to sit back and watch the fight too because she holding her own. I hate you. I mean, look, look, if Hoppo tried to jump on Miss Sophia oh and you was in the club, Oh, Miss Sophia probably going to whoop you in a juke joint. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm going to enjoy my drink. Like, oh, do man. I go play, close the piano, I'll be like, oh, time to go. So <laughs> you was on, on the elevator with Ray Rice. You just would have been like, man. That's a big on, dude, man. man. No, no. See, Ray Rice was whooping her butt, though. You saw he, no, he, 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 just, he, hit her, he hit her one time and she no, like, he, did it. he hit her. She hit her head and, and, and was out. He hit her one time. <laughs> he punched her three times. At least three times. I thought he gave her the two hit a quitter. He went from one hit to two. <laughs> well, he hit her and her head hit like the side of the elevator and she went down. But yeah, okay. Anyway. All right. So, so but we then got he drug Joe. her away. Like she she was knocked out and he drug her away. Well, he's trying to pick her up. Okay, but okay, so we got Razio's answer. What about you? I'm still thinking about your last comment, Bar. <laughs> um Man, that's a that's a very interesting question. And it's easy to sit here like we do so many times and say what we would or would not do. Uh, the truth is it's a lot. No, it's a lot of things to consider. For one, my family's safety is the most important thing, because when I look at people that do certain things, it makes me think. If you're willing to be in a restaurant and haul off and slap a chick or fight a chick in front of all these people. And I'm not talking about like, well, especially if like when Waffle House or something like that, you, she might be on her own because that, that's that's where it's that's three o'clock in the morning. It might go down. But if we're in a nice restaurant. Like something has to be you have to be going through something to do all that. So you're not in your right mind. And I don't know how far this person may or may not go. When confronted with somebody else or by somebody else. And to put my family in harm's way is the last thing I'm going to ever do if I have something to say about it. So my family always comes first, you know, because this dude could be the person we were talking about in the last freaking segment. You know, he could be strapped. This could be this could be ground zero. This could be his breaking point. And me confronting him might be the the, the straw that broke the camel's back and escalate this to a whole other situation. If my family was safe and we can move them out of harm's way and I saw that this young lady was in danger and then I would I would try to deescalate the situation. I'm not trying to fight another man. I see all these guys like I'm jumping on them da, 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 because I don't know that situation and I don't know if I'm gonna make the situation worse. And it's not out of fear of it. The, the guy I'm not fearful of any man. I mean, I won some, I lost some, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, I would try to make sure my family's safe and de-escalate the situation, try to get the woman away because I'm comfortable enough in myself that I can protect myself enough that I'm okay. But man, it's just in today's society with all these mass shootings and everything else that goes on, running in there trying to be that savior is it's 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 not what it used to be 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, you never know what somebody is truly thinking or going through. And 
that's scary in itself. I guess it's kind of bad for me to ask a question that I don't even know the answer to. <laughs> uh, we do that every week, man. I yeah. So. I, <laughs> well, I do know. So if I'm not with my family and it's just me, then the, the chances are much, much greater that yeah. I'm stepping in. Agreed. Um, with my family there, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, you know what, Tabitha will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain she not going to want me to jump in that. She going to probably say, hey, let's get out of here before this gets even worse. But Tabitha cares about my safety and her family. So she want us to, she got a lot of Jenica in her rising. She like, mm-hmm. let's mind our business and let's just get on up out of here. I think. But, you know, she she may, you know, she's getting more, um, I guess, what's the word, empathetic or whatever. So she, you know, may want me to say something. But like you said, Ferg, if I can get them out of there, like, babe, go to the car and call the police, something like that. If I can get them out of there, then I'll jump in. And I kind of like what Razio said, too, because I mean, we laughed at him at first. But there is a difference between somebody slapping one time. And, and nothing else happens versus he just like going Ike Turner, that that part on what's love got to do with it when he punching Tina and he like shake his hand for a couple of minutes because he hurt his fist from punching her so much. Like that's a big difference in like just wailing on your woman and that one slap. So I cannot sit by and let a man just wail on a woman. I just I can't do that. I can't. So I'm I'm getting my fam I'm getting my family out of there and I'm stepping in. The one slap thing, that's like, I'm definitely going to pay attention to the situation the rest of the time I'm there. And I may even alert somebody if need be. But uh, I know a lot of women that are listening to this want all three of our answers to be, man, nah, the first time he hit, I'm in there and I'm going to take him out because ain't nobody going to hit my black queens like that. Sorry, it's not reality. And if a man is with his family, he has to think about them first. He has to. Guess what? So nobody's gonna hit my black queen. (laughs) (laughs) My black queen. (laughs) That is that is that is the truth. And and I think that comes with being uh part of being a man. Like you have to you you gotta be you have to think at all times. You have to understand what's going on, like part of my duty is I have to protect my family. Like that, that's what I'm here for. And we were talking about gender roles earlier this week. You know, I'm not with the, you know, she washes clothes. I wash the car and all that kind of stuff, even though I do wash the cars. So, but you know, it's part of my duty as that, that leader of our household or the protector of our family is at all costs. I have to protect them. Like you said, Byron, like I know there might be some upset individuals because you would you would like to think that a black man as and I think some of our listeners and most of our listeners respect us as men, and to hear this might hopefully we don't lose any listeners or lose any respect from people, but my duty is to my family first, and if I come back in and that lady and it's still going on, that's a different situation, but um I'm trying to deescalate and move on but i gotta be able to move on with my family you know i don't need anybody like i said it's it's not just about protecting your family but it's about being able to come home to your family i mean you know that that's that's always the issues we hear from you know police officers and stuff like that but i feel them 
you know, I, I'm trying to get home to my family. And so I, I've got to make sure that I'm safe. And and so, like you were saying, I don't know what that guy has. I don't know if he has a gun. I don't know any of that. So I'm I'm not jumping in and trying to jump on this guy. What I'm trying to do is separate them and de-escalate the, the situation enough that, you know, he stops hitting her. You know, just stepping in between them like, whoa, 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 guy. Because a lot of times what happens is those folks with those DVs, I mean, they're hitting that woman, but as soon as somebody else step in or uh, another guy steps in, they don't want that smoke. So just stepping in between them might be enough to de-escalate and stop it right there. Like break yeah. break them out of that, you know, that that rage that they're in. So you just got to weigh it, man. I mean, you, you got to read the situation, know what's going on, know where you at. Like you said, Waffle House might be a totally different uh, situation than me being at Shea Phone Phone. Like, if I'm at Shea Phone Phone, I might jump in because, you know, <laughs> chances are he don't want to smoke. Waffle House, they might want to smoke and be waiting for it. You know what I mean? So, Sir, he does this every week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, there is a little known motto among the Mobile Fire Department. Only people that go through training know it. And their motto is no life is more precious than yours, which means they will try to save you as best they can. But if, if it's a situation where they don't think they can make it in and out alive, you shout. Yeah. And, 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 listen, I know, Ferg, you said you hope we don't lose. I don't see how we can. That's the most reasonable. And we try to be as honest as possible on this show. That's the most honest reason. And women that, that are married, think about it. You, you want your king running, breaking up Every uh, domestic fight y'all see, and two days later she back with him anyway, and and he didn't got injured or like Rosio said may not come home. So your son, any of that, And I think we gave the more reasonable answer. Like we're not gonna let a woman just get beat down. Period. We're not gonna allow that. Um, It just come. It just we have to put more thought into it when our family is present. We gotta. Our main objective is to get them out of harm's way, and then you do what you can to help out. And if, if it's somebody that's built like hammer that went to high school with us, then, you know, you might approach him a little differently than you would somebody else. But at the end of the day, you still breaking it up, breaking it up as best you can. I'm thinking about you approaching him. Excuse me. I'm like, hey, 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 man. Yo, I'm going to try to relate to him. Bro, bro, come on, dog. Don't Don't hit her no more. (laughs) She just had enough. Hey man, I heard they calling the police, man. You need to get out of here. Like some, like just there you go, there you go. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, bottom line, ladies, we got y'all back. We got y'all yeah. back. Trust me. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Uh, I guess that's a no sense part right there. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh well, another great episode, fellas. It's been fun. I'm. I, am I the villain this this week? Uh, I think everybody had a little bit in them. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm the villain. I'm probably going to be the hated by the ladies. <laughs> well, well, fur the black women may come for you because the wrong person may interpret it as you saying interracial marriages are better than black no, on black not, marriages. <laughs> not, so, not. I'm not saying you can you can clean it up and you can say that you weren't saying uh, that. Yeah, somebody's going to take it that way. Yeah, I mean, that that, that is life. <laughs> 
such is life. No, once again, my point is trying to understand. I'm trying to relitigate it now. (laughs) (laughs) My beautiful black queen, my African, my. Before we go, man, I just wanted to make sure, Kristen Bracey, I ain't forget about your question. I will answer, ask it. in a later episode, I didn't forget about it. Uh, and for everybody else that's posing questions for us, trust me, we have not forgotten about it. It's just that before we started the show, each of us had, we wrote down a list of so many questions that we were going to ask, and we're trying to knock them out the way. But we have not forgotten a single listener suggestion on a question. They are coming. Keep tuning in. And uh, we just appreciate you. Remember to subscribe, rate us, and keep giving us those clicks. We really appreciate it. Byron, can you tell the people uh, where they can find us? So on Facebook, we're at uh, Three Brothers No Sense, like Rizzo said, the number three. We're on uh, Instagram, same name, Three Brothers No Sense, and we're on Twitter. Uh, because of the character limit, it's Brothers No Sense. So, But if you type in Three Brothers No Sense on Twitter, it'll still pull up. So find us there. Most of our engagements are on Facebook. Uh, we have quite a bit on Instagram as well. So just find us there, like the page. Rise, what you got to tell the people before we leave? Hey, man, just just remember, um, make sure you guys are going out, being safe. Uh, we we had a lot of conversation about safety this um, this episode, so be safe. Like we say, lock up your weapons, be aware of your surroundings, know what's going on. Don't jump into stuff that you ain't got no business jumping into. Uh, and and we want to see you guys next week and keep listening. Okay, I'm gonna leave us with this. Uh, fellas, love thy black queen this week. <laughs> no, uh, once again, it's, it's it's a pleasure having you guys uh, be a part of this with me, man. This was something I've been thinking about for a while. And every episode, at the end of the episode, I, I leave smiling. I can't wait till Monday morning to listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um soon as I get off the podcast, I go talk to my wife about all the things we talked about and what I should have said or what I forgot to say. And man, this is an this. And I appreciate you guys do the same thing because I'm, I guarantee all your answers are better five minutes after the podcast. Of course. So, yeah, of, of course. Yep. But um, for all those listening, if you have a podcast or something you want to listen, want us to listen to, please hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, email us, uh, Twitter, all the spots. Looking forward to working with you and hope to see uh, all our people in Mobile soon. We will keep you posted on our live uh, podcast coming up. Once again, Three Brothers No Sense, everybody's favorite podcast. See you next week.